with all the changes going on in the world, have you suddenly found yourself having to change the way you do things just to keep operations going? Today, Jace from Kaiser Blasting is here to discuss the ways disruptions like raw materials and payrolls are reshaping his day-to-day business decisions. We cover hiring, ordering, and job flow to managing marketing efforts and sales. Is it a mad, mad world out there or simply a matter of changing the channel to a new station? Get ready to level up your powder coder game. Okay, well, with that, let's get started. Welcome to the Powder Coder Podcast. I'm Kim Scott, your host, and I have back with us, uh, it's been about a year, Jace Kayser from Kayser Blasting and Coding. Uh, welcome back, Chase. How are you doing these days? Doing good. Thanks for having me back. I can't believe that it's been uh, a year since we originally talked on. I know. It's crazy. Um we, you know, the last time we talked, uh, it was sort of an introduction to your fabulous blog. I know you're probably still blogging these days. I'm not as much. Uh, what has gone on in the last, you know, maybe a year for you guys um, in terms of your business um, and, and stuff like that? Give us a brief update on Kaiser Blasting. Okay. The last time we talked, was that like before covid no, it was during COVID. During? Okay. Yeah. Um, so um, it was about a year ago, a little okay. bit over a year ago. So um, we've, we've still been, uh, been maintaining uh, a lot of work. We've been really, really busy. Um, and so that, that really hasn't fallen off. I feel like all of our industrial customers are back up to full production um, and trying to catch up on maybe stuff that they got behind on. Um, so we've been trying to play catch up as well. Um, like everybody struggling with materials and supplies, trying to get those sourced and find them. That's been really difficult. That's probably the biggest thing that's slowing us down. And then also, um, in our neck of the woods in Nebraska, it seems like it's really hard to find uh, good help right now. Almost every small business or any size business is hiring. Um, so that's been a struggle. There's plenty of work to do. Um, we could do more work if if we could find some more people to join the team, but that's been challenging. Otherwise, overall, it's been good. We've been growing, um, but uh, it's it's just been super busy. It's been challenging because it's just so busy, and uh, we want to continue to grow and add more customers. And a lot of our current customers just want us to keep doing more and more work, uh, but trying to to balance that with actually being able to get it done has been challenge so it's a good problem to have i'd much rather have the problem that we have so much work to do and we're worried about how we're going to get it done than not have anything to do i agree um we're kind of in the thick of it too right now um you know the island kind of gets really really hopping um before christmas because we have so many uh jobs large jobs that need to get done it's usually i call it contractor season Um, you know, uh, usually starts, it can start as early as July, uh, but it pretty much goes to like the 24th of December, sometimes, you know, in the 11th hour kind of thing. But, um, it, it has been sort of unprecedented up until like, we've been busy this time of year before. Um, but we, uh, you know, prior to COVID and it's kind of interesting to see, how log jammed it is right now. I mean, and un, unexpectedly busy and log jammed, uh, like, and coming out of the woodworks, like, how did we not know about this job? Or how did, you know, um, why are you just coming to us now? <laughs> you yeah. know, kind of thing. Yep. Uh, yeah. But we were, com- I was commenting early, you're wearing a beanie and I'm like sweaty yeah. hot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was the first uh, really cold day here in Nebraska. So it was down in like the lower 30s and the wind chills in the 20s. And I was on the forklift most of the day and there was flurries. So it was a nice blustery day. (laughs) 
Yeah. And, you know, you did talk, I did follow your last Instagram. I see you mostly on Instagram, but I know you do Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, But uh, you were talking, it was raining and you were in your car. It looked cold. And you were saying like how hard it is to, to sort of get into this uh, powder coating when there's a lot more moisture in the air compared to, to, to the rest of the year. Uh, why don't you recap for the audience um, what some of the things, do you have to prepare your customers or is it more about changing things in the shop? What makes it know that you've, you know, you're having problems or issues? Um, so basically when it's raining, uh, that's always creates chaos around our campus. Um, so for parts that are currently in process, if they've been blasted, they can't get wet. Um, and so even though we have large buildings, like I said, we're really busy. So that means we're always out of space, um, which is a good problem to have. We should, you know, if we're busy, we should be out of space, but, um, if it starts to rain, anything that's been blasted and sitting outside has to come inside, obviously, mm-hmm. um, our blasting and powder coating sh- shops are in different buildings that are right next to each other, but we have to go outside, um, to get to shop to shop. So we don't want the rain to be on, on blasted parts as we're going to powder. Um, right. and then like finished parts, if it's, if we know it's going to be an interior application, application we don't want that to sit outside in the rain even though it's been coated it's probably not a good enough coating to be out in the weather Uh, but the biggest problem that we see or that we have is that if we have parts that we know we're going to blast and powder coat um, so they are sitting outside because it doesn't matter if they get semi-rusty because we're going to blast it anyway Um, if there are parts and pieces that are kind of nested together uh, panels or just anything that'll nest water will work its way in between and then it'll just stay in there and rust really badly in between and like deep pitting could be brand new steel, but it'll deep pit rusting. And so then you can't really blast that back out. And now these brand new parts are ruined. Um, So that's a concern that we usually have. uh, Even if it's, uh, we know we're going to blast it. We try to get that inside as well, or, once it's done raining, we have to go take the time to spread it all out so it'll actually dry out. Um, and uh, our recent blog was on that you can't, sometimes you can't see any of that um, corrosion or that it's so deep until after you get all the way through and you've powder coated it. Because um, you just look at it in the right light with like a shiny powder and you can see kind of some dips and divots, then that's not gonna be acceptable. Those are really frustrating because you you just don't know. So that's why um, over time we've been we get really panicked when it's getting ready to rain. It's usually kind of a fire drill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of have to like anticipate what, how, and it can really severely. Uh, you know, you you're set on one plan, and then all of a sudden something moves in the different direction. A rain cloud appears, and yeah, you, you're like the whole plan is just out the window. Um, I mean, we we have that here. Uh, not so. It is rainy here in Kahlua. We're about ready to go into the rainy season, so this will be. Last year it seemed drier for us. Like I didn't. I don't remember as much rainy um weather but they are predicting more rain this year than last year so it'll be interesting we also have a canal in the back too which kind of like starts to really rise up um, like a pond or you know like pretty drastically because they never clean it out and it never drains properly so um you know there have been times when it's literally been at the door um for us so uh you know you do have to kind of kind of you know uh concern yourself with how you're going to go about getting through the day i guess so to speak you know so yeah um, and then we're going to be running into snow soon um and that's always extremely challenging because then you've got icy parking lots where you're trying to load and unload and uh, a lot of snow can end up on parts and that's not easy to get off of there and so that and you're mostly uh, painting forward to winter. the solid tone colors, right? You're not doing a lot of, you know, fickle kind of powders. Uh, you're not dealing with, it's mostly industrial stuff that you do. Is that yeah. true? Um, yeah. 
we do some uh like veins like a copper vein or so uh -huh, uh -huh. and we have a few hammer tones as our stock colors so usually general public for their lawn furniture and railings might pick that uh yeah. industrial customers yeah you're correct it's usually like out of an ral deck which is nice because you can have some sense of consistency there where you know especially if you're ordering from generally the same supplier all the time you yeah. know what it's capable of doing or what it's not capable of doing rather than, you know, some crazy candy or dormant or whatever, you know, right. like where it's got some variability. Um, so, but you're still having some hiring issues and you said in your town, there's like one on every building in your town, like everybody is pretty much having a hard time hiring or finding people Absolutely. How big is your population there? Oof, that's a good question. I don't know. Oh. Y <laughs> um, Not enough. That's the I answer. should know that, but we're, we're, it's reasonably good size in Lincoln. Um, Omaha is the biggest city in Nebraska, but then Lincoln would be the second and Lincoln's mm -hmm. the capital. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, everywhere, every, it seems like, it, especially small businesses, but really it doesn't matter the size of business. There's a now hiring sign almost everywhere. Um and I don't know, it seems like maybe that there's less people out seeking employment, but also it just seems like everybody's busy, um, which is a good thing. And so I think uh, it's just kind of a combination of both. Uh, everybody's busier. And so they're just looking for more people than they ever have in the past. And then maybe the uh, people that are out looking for employment, that pool might be a little smaller, um, but it is a common problem. Almost everybody you talk to has it. Um, I go through the kind of roller coaster of being really frustrated that we can't find help to being optimistic because we've had some good interviews. Um, and then some people will start and like always, you know, some work out, some don't. So um, it, recently it's felt like you take one step forward, two steps back um, in terms of like trying to grow and add some more people. But at the same time uh, we have the most people, working here that we ever have had. So it's not like that uh, we've lost a ton of people and that it's just, we're growing and we have plenty of more work that we want to do and keep doing for our current customers. So we need to add more people. So right. we are making forward progress. It just sometimes doesn't seem like it. Are you any tactics that you're using um, specifically when you're looking uh, or hiring? Um, so we we post on the internet. We, there's a company called Hire Click that's kind of like in the Midwestern area that we've been using. We use ZipRecruiter as well. Um, we utilize our social media and like you can post jobs on Facebook. And uh, I think we have one up on LinkedIn also. So we're trying to do that as much as we can. Um, we've been thinking about lately just like how are we getting in front of the right people? Um, are people are people actually searching for powder coating jobs? Do they even know what powder coating yeah. is? Um, so we're trying to figure out like, how do we get in front of somebody that wants to work in kind of manufacturing um, manual labor environment, but doesn't even know powder coating exists. Um, we haven't figured that out yet, but um, I feel like that we're missing out on some people that would be, would enjoy it and would work really well. They just don't, they're not seeing the ad or, you know, not seeing the posting. So we're working on that. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, you know, we're a smaller proportion of the painting industry. And so people would just naturally just use that word probably when they're searching yeah. um, in these uh, platforms, um, posting platforms and stuff. It, it, it is kind of strange because, you know, how do you write that perfect ad that attracts someone, the right person? Um, maybe that's for another podcast. Um, do you feel like you're, you have some pretty competitive rates that you're paying people and benefits and stuff like that? I mean, where do you stand? I mean, do you feel that way? I mean, it's hard to compare yourself to uh, another company. or whatever, I think but. so. We've been working really hard on our benefits package. Um, we were just ready to ramp it up before COVID. Then it hit, we kind of put it on pause, but, um, we added some, um, good benefits in terms of just like insurance and things. And, um, I feel like our, I've raised kind of our starting pay over the past, 
a year or so. It's quite a bit higher than what it used to be. Um, and we're kind of, we're kind of having to do that because there's so many people hiring. So it's almost like everybody's just competing for the the few people that are out looking for a job. Um, it's not really like we're, we're not necessarily competing against other coding companies. It's just every company, every company. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like right now we're as competitive as we can be. Um, and then obviously, you know, we still have to think about our really good team members that are here and helping us get the work done. So we can't overlook all their effort and like put all this extra incentive on on new hires and then and not, you know, take care of people that already work here because that's really unfair. So we are yeah. trying to slowly you know, add benefits to help. You know, we're, we're picking the ones that will help our team the most that are currently here. And then hopefully the incoming people will appreciate them as well. Um, uh-huh. I'd like to like snap my fingers and do it, but it's a slow process. We're a small business, so we can't just immediately like all of a sudden offer all everything that a huge thousand person company can. can right. Offer, so. Yeah. And in that, um, does that kind of, um, you know, I don't know how much sales and marketing you currently do. I know you're pretty prevalent on several platforms, just as an information supplier, educational supplier and stuff like that, not necessarily drive, you know, trying to attract customers or drive business to you, but like, if you, if you do currently have like marketing efforts going on, um, are is that hiring issue or worrying about getting more business coming in where you know kind of how does that is it playing a role in what how you're marketing and doing your sales strategy or is I it gotcha. you know yeah. what i'm saying like yeah you don't want to attract all, too much that's and always get- yeah it's always intertwined so it's like again that's a roller coaster for me it's kind of a day-to-day thing so when um we're struggling to find help and um some of our current customers have a ton of projects that they're pushing to get done and, and uh, someone calls in sick or someone's late to where we, I feel like our current team, we're down for the day, we're behind already. And then I get three or four things that come across my desk that I need a quote. Um, it's hard to be optimistic and be like, yeah, I want to quote this and be aggressive and get it because in my mind, I'm thinking there's no way we can get this done. But then there's other days where production goes really, really well um, and everybody's here and, and we get farther down the schedule than I thought. And so if, if stuff's coming across my desk that day, then I'm <laughs> super aggressive. And, I, you know, so it's it, yeah. it's a daily thing. Kind of a luck of the draw kind of yeah. thing, right? It's, yeah, it's very intertwined. I try to always just err on the side of like, just say yes, because I'll regret yeah. it if I don't. And we'll just find a way to get it done. Yeah. So. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, we learned, Ross and I kind of learned that, that concept a long time ago is just say yes, Yeah. because you don't know what's going to happen. Somebody could duck out at the last minute and then what, where would it, you, you, you now losing out? Um, right. I, I think that played more prevalently with when we had our boat company and we had a maximum of 24 passengers and we'd always overbook because some tourist was late or uh, some guy forgot what day they were supposed to be on the boat or something happened. And we ended up with the perfect amount of people anyways. Um, and, and, and so we learned that concept pretty early on is, you know, probably much to my husband's dismay because I'm always saying, I'm personally saying yes to everyone because I'm now on the phone all the time. They're calling him less and they're calling the main line more probably because he's not responding. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'm kind of more of the yes man and he's kind of, whoa, wait, you know, yeah. let's put that off because I don't have time for that right now. Yeah. And so and what, what I found is like, even though when everybody says that they need it right away, cause that's what it always is. Usually, even if you get 10 jobs in one day and everybody says they need it right away, usually half of them only need it quickly. And in the other half will be patient. They're not going to act like it, but they end up being patient. So it, it kind of works itself out and 
you know, there's some people that are, are not reasonable and they want it immediately and, and going to be on top of you the whole time, but you just, right, but you know who those guys are and you know, yeah. they need business, right? So right. then we, you know, we have a customer, it's like classic, always hurry up and wait kind of classic, yeah. you know? And yeah. it's like, he knows enough, that's who he's working with now, but you know, like, uh, they're, um, you know, it's always this tug and pull kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but I, it. it's like, you just piece it all together. And that's why I don't, like you said, if you say no to a couple people, then all of a sudden a few other jobs fall through and it's like, Oh, well, I guess we could, we did have time. So, yeah, I I'm just a positive, you know, like I'm always thinking positive. Right. So like, it'll yeah. work out, you know, yeah. instead of like, no, no, afraid, afraid, yeah. you know, kind of thing. But, um, um, now let's move on to, uh, chemical shortages. Have you, I have been seeing like some discussion in the forums, uh, and some of the Facebook groups that like, you know, people have been calling or they've run out of stripper or they're about to run out of stripper. We're certainly one of those people right now, um, where we're on our last bit and, you know, killing myself last night thinking I should have place that order back in July because <laughs> yeah. now I'm, you know, now we're looking into our January schedule, uh, and taking bookings for January. And it's like, what if I don't have the stripper by then? You know, right. like, what if it doesn't come in by then? What will, what, how will I be, how will we be restoring then? You know, and so I, you know, you can kind of run yourself ragged at three o'clock in the morning about it. I reached out to one of our sources, but I wanted to see from you first before I share what she replied back is have you, have you, I mean, how on top of your chemicals, are you, are you pretty good with keeping up with your supply to begin with, or have you seen any shortages yet, just yet? Um, we're seeing shortages in everything uh, except for our pretreatment chemicals right now. We don't use any strippers. I assume those are more exotic chemicals. So they're probably hard to get at the moment. Um, but, uh, our, like our iron phosphates and alkaline cleaners and deoxidizers, um, and zirconiums, I haven't seen it yet. Um, and last time I talked to our rep, he wasn't worried about it. Um, powder seems like a little bit, uh, mm -hmm. wouldn't call it shortage. It just is slower moving now, uh, harder. Yep. It takes a little longer to get paint ex extreme shortage on liquid paint like literally just can't get some of it for long periods of time um and then a lot of our packaging materials anything with like poly in it like foam stuff like mm -hmm. that that's been challenging i'm always one to be prepared i like to have a spare for everything so i usually um plenty of stuff in stock but definitely probably the beginning of this year um, maybe like March and April, I really started to ramp up on stuff that I know we're going to use no matter what. Um, and that kind of started with foam and shrink wrap because I went to order some and had a really hard time finding it back last spring. And so then I just started ordering like enough for a couple months because they're like, well, you can order as much as you want, but you're not going to have it for two months. And then it's like, okay, if we don't have foam, we can't do anything because we have to have that to package, you know, <laughs> parts. So since then I've been slowly like creeping up our stock and trying to mm -hmm. work on that more. And I just actually ordered a ton of our pretreatment chemical enough to, for like the next probably three or three months or so, just yeah. to make sure, because like, um, that's one of the, that's probably one of the materials that I, I don't feel comfortable just like calling around and ordering from somewhere else as far like maybe a stripper is not as big a deal, but um, with all of our pretreatment chemicals, they're very specific to our water. So they're formulated to like the water that we have in our building. Right. So I can't just, and I don't want to just order that from somewhere else. Whereas like if I can't get an REL color from, PPG who I normally get it from because they're out. I, I'm not extremely concerned if I have to get it from Tiger. Like I know it's so mm -hmm. good. Well, but pretreatment chemicals that could cause a really big disaster if I had to like use somebody else's just randomly. 
Yeah, and even the PPE, I mean, uh, we have a pretty limited source here on the island. There's just one. And so I'm relegated to that because I usually needed it yesterday. But, um, you know, PPE is expensive. And then you work to so hard to, say, negotiate with a certain company this a price, you know, for based on the volume that you're buying. And, and then, you know, it, they start to have shortages, you know, like that's all out the way, all that work is out yeah, the window kind of thing. Absolutely. And then you've got to start from, you know, square one again with somebody else who may have some more. Um, yeah. So that kind of disrupts your balance, uh, your, you know, not your balance sheet, but your profit and loss and your cost of goods and stuff like that. Um, have you seen any, you know, like we did talk about powder pricing and stuff like that, you know, uh, it's, uh, just got another notice the other day. I won't at nauseum put it in the coder news segment, because this is like literally like the fourth time that I've actually had an email from, uh, I think this time it was, uh, Axel Nobel again, um, increasing another 10 or 20%. Now that's six, a total of 60% uh, increase in certain products um, that they've done since December. Uh, so that's kind of interesting, um, especially when you look at something, when you look at a mega corporation that, that big and they're already just not, you know, thinking twice about charging another 10 or 20% every time they come out with a, an email about price increases, you know, um, I mean, has it, a, how much has it affected you? And here's a side question. Do you know how much, what percentage of your profit and loss percentage only, if you are familiar with your PNL, what percentage are you pay, do you pay out in um, a percentage of income uh, for powder? Do you happen to, I know the clock is ticking. Ding, 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 uh, ding. I don't know. <laughs> right off, honestly, right off the top of my head, I don't know the percentage of that. I probably should, but powder material is the cheap, cheapest yeah. part of our process. Uh, pre-treatment chemicals are probably the most expensive, but um, I look at Cause I come from started with, you know, uh, liquid painting a little bit and just growing up, listen, my dad talked about liquid paints. And when you look at price of pre COVID and all that, you look at the price of liquid paint compared to powder. It's like night and day, like powder it is nice. well, yeah. and does just as good a job. So, um, uh, percentage, it would be extremely small. Um, but uh, price increases. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's been doing price increases. Um, most of it was on just all the extra miscellaneous supplies. Now we're starting to see it on powder. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's every, I am surprised. I'm not surprised that they're doing increases. I'm surprised that they're doing such big chunks at a time. Um, but I guess they have to, I mean, they're in a business too. And so obviously they have, Right. They have to keep those up decisions, with. but yeah, it's always, yeah. seems like always 10%. The thing that's been a little bit frustrating is I wish the communication was a little better. Um, and I always right. like about how communication is important and wish reps did a better job, but, um, I, it sucks that they're increased the, their prices, but like, we also will just increase our prices to our customer. Um, Cause like nothing's really locked in anymore. Even if you had something quoted, like now everybody pretty much understands that price is volatile, but um, I like to like let my customer know like, Hey, especially if it's a repeat customer, like next month, we're going to have to, you know, raise it so much, but sometimes we're just going to order powder. And then they're like, Oh, this is a new price. I'm like, well, when did that go into effect? Oh, it wasn't a, we, we did it last week and we just put it into effect immediately. Like, okay, I get that, but it would have been like nice yeah, right. to tell us. But so that's been the frustrating part is just be nice to know that it was coming up so you can plan for it a little bit. But. Yeah, and it's something to think about as the new year come, you know, comes closer, uh, because it's always good to review that by the end of the year so that that first month of January, it's a great opportune time to 
let every let your customers give a give out an email to say, look, this is some of the stuff we're dealing with, and yes, this is the new price or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, we're getting close to that time period where you probably could start thinking about price increases. I think personally, price increases are now on the rise for powder coating in general. Just not because of powder pricing, because we just said that it's not as critical as maybe some like versus liquid coatings, but because the demand for powder coated products is just is is going to start booming and it's yeah. going to continue to boom. Um, talking about your abrasive blasting, because you do a lot of blasting. Um, what about that segment for you? Have you seen a lot of ink? I haven't totally seen a lot and I haven't seen any disruption. We just ordered a bunch of, we order from GMA, uh, their supply of garnet um, works for us. And I was amazed at how fast it came from Texas. I mean, I literally ordered it three weeks ago and it came yesterday. That's very fast. So um, you haven't seen any disruption there or price increase there, have you? So in our main blast unit, we use steel grit and we're able to recycle that. So I don't have to buy steel grit very often. It's usually only a couple times a year. Um, so I haven't placed an order recently. S since it's steel grit, it's going to be more expensive um, because steel prices are higher. They've seemed to kind of level off and come down. So that might not be too bad. Uh, crushed glass is another one. Uh, I haven't ordered that in a while because I usually order enough for like almost a whole year when we order yeah. that. Um, aluminum oxide, we do order that directly from GMA. I didn't read the email, but I saw, I got an email from GMA and then it said price increase this afternoon. So I assume that's probably on the aluminum oxide and, uh, it might yeah, get 10% like everything else has been going. Right. Yeah. I had Pete, um, on from GMA a few months ago now. Um, and he said they were pretty, I don't know if he necessarily said it in the podcast, but maybe after the show, you know, we kind of had been talking. He said they were quite secure with their just, you know, despite all these disruptions and, and stuff, they were actually really quite secure. In fact, they just had secured a new mine. Uh, I think they had bought somebody out or something. And um, yeah, so they, they were actually pretty good with their supply uh, rates. Um, and weren't anticipating any kind of disruption. Yeah. But it's one, funny how it's been up and down, like different industries, different products, yeah. you know? The one thing that I found really interesting, um, and I feel like it's an indicator of how strong a company is, whether it doesn't matter, doesn't matter the size, um, but even at like the top level of these really huge corporations that are worldwide, um, some of them really aren't having any problems or very little with their shortages. You can get stuff from them very easily. The price might be up, but that makes sense because basic economics, the demand's high, they can charge a higher price. This is what it is. Um, but then there's other company, other really large companies that are their competitors that are really struggling. They, you can't, you know, it's really hard to get anything from them. And it's just interesting to me because obviously they run their businesses differently um, to where, you know, there are some that are extremely prepared that not maybe prepared in terms of like that they were like a huge thing like COVID, but like they just run um, whatever margins, maybe whatever the opposite of lean would be. So when everybody yeah. is extremely lean and just in time, that's, that is not working right now because it no. just everything behind. So the people that run a little bit more with a cushion, um, it seems like, those companies are doing well and it, it's nice to be able, we have a few that are suppliers for us and it's nice that they have the stuff and we can just keep going. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I kind of think I, I do agree with you on that because I just ordered some new filters for the spray booth. Um, and we have the pocket kind, um, okay. if that makes a difference. Um, and, uh, this was our first time ordering. I don't think Ross ordered it from the same, this time around, we ordered it from a different person. He's always looking for the, he goes for the price first, yeah. not necessarily repeating, but um, I went ahead and just went with his, wherever he wanted me to order it from. And then realized I hadn't heard from them for about a week. Uh, and I'm thinking, 
usually I get like an update about it when it's shipping out or that it's shipping out in 48 hours or, you know, and it was no small charge. It was like 750 bucks yeah. uh, and stuff. And I'm like, Hey, uh, so when am I getting this stuff? You know? And they're like, Oh, Oh, uh, well, we're, we're making it right now. And I'm like, you're making it. Listen, you don't, your website did not indicate that you were a maker of this stuff. You look like you're a reseller of this yeah. stuff and that you can't get it. So I can't get it. Right. Yeah. And, and then, um, yesterday I got a, I said, well, you let me know. Cause I'm thinking at this point, maybe it's a scam or oh, maybe okay. I'm like going to wait. It's the, on the slow boat to China, so to speak. Uh, and he, oh no, we'll, we'll get back to you. And then they, I said, Hey, never, you know, then I had to email yeah. again and they're like, Oh, it's going out today, but I'll get you the tracking later. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Some more of this stuff, right? They're probably doing everything they can to keep the sale and lengthen the time before I get it. So we'll see. Uh, I don't know how they're shipping it here. Um, I'm I'm assuming it's UPS, but again, it could be some slow boat kind of thing. So s- some of the problem that we've been having is that our suppliers have it in stock, but UPS, FedEx, or other shipping companies are having a hard time actually getting it to us because True. I think because of labor shortages on their part is because usually their logistics are very robust, but if they don't have anybody to actually move the stuff, then obviously mm-hmm. move. How does that been affecting you guys since everything has to be shipped in from really far distance? Interestingly enough, shipping West is not as bad as, uh, has it, as it's been in the Midwest East and Midwest. Okay. From what I can, from what I hear from others and, and in talking to others, uh, and then ordering for our own, um, Although I did order, like, it was one of those, I need one pound and I need it like, like five days ago kind of thing. So, of course, yeah. now I'm paying. I called Columbia and ordered the one pound that I needed and um, ended up having to talk to Pam. The She's the new general manager over at Columbia Coatings um, about it. And I think because they moved Angela, Angela was my go-to girl, but then they moved her down in shipping. So if you're emailing Angela and she's not getting back to you, uh, it's because she's now moved and not checking that email as much. But um, that's how I got a hold of Pam. And she was saying that they were having some really big issues with Federal Express. I paid $63 for the fastest Federal Express shipping on one pound. (laughs) And I know probably people listening in, their mouths are dropping right now (laughs) for how much I paid. Um, It still took five to seven days to get here. So I should have just put it in the USPS from Columbia and it would have been here just in time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And we, I had a a problem with some powder. And so I had to, or I didn't order enough or something happened. It was, it was actually, it was my fault that we were short. And uh, so I had to, I was overnighting some in and it was a lot of powder that I was overnighting in. So it was extremely expensive. And, uh, but when they told me um, that one was from tiger, I think, and they're usually really, really good about getting it out the same day. And they did, but they're like, just so you know, like UPS is not guaranteeing that when you say next to air that you'll get it. And, other times that I've had to use it in the last six months, it has still been fine next day here. It still comes. So I was like, yeah, no problem. Don't worry about it because I figured it would be here. Well, that was the one time I really needed it. And it was like, <laughs> we did next day air paid for it, but it took two days, which I mean, still is still fast, but it was like, it sucked because we did pay a lot to have it the next day. And it was, it took right. days. So you know, every now and then you get those jobs that it's like the timing of it all yeah. is, and yeah, and you, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't kind yeah. of thing. It, it's terrible when you're caught in that predicament, whether it's your fault or a customer's expedite, expedition or expediting the project, whatever, it just doesn't matter. But, you know, you know, I love that 
one of the things we talked about in that, in that first podcast with you was, you know, um, this letting people, letting your customer know about timelines, because you are the finisher, you are always at the end of the line. And there are jobs that are always, um, coming into you hot and it's the pressure is on you to still keep that same deadline, even though things have changed on their end, you know, um, it's not fair, but, uh, why don't you, for the audience sake, why don't you maybe recover that again? Cause it's such a critical, uh, thing to know and to be reminded of, you know, like how important it is to have all your ducks in the row because there will be a time when that happens. And it's just so critical to keep your integrity as a coder and keep those work under pressure and, you know, um, still produce a, a quality finish. Yeah. So I always, I was just talking to Chloe about this the other day. I feel like our backs are always against the wall and our customers always just put us in a corner and we have to figure out how to get out of it. Um, and, and deliver. And, um, it's, it seems like even more than ever, we're, we are like responsible for making sure that the project gets done on time because now like anything and everything is causing delays and, and the project behind. So when it gets to us, it's definitely past due. And we, we really have no room for air, which is why I've been trying to um, bring our supply, our, our stock up and make sure that we have all our supplies here because like we can't, if, if we're going to miss it by like, if it's going to take a day longer, like that's huge because it's already like three weeks past right now and it's getting to us because it's everything, that's just the way the world is right now. So um, we are trying to communicate that. Uh, I, we're still trying really hard to schedule ahead because like, if you know that you're going to send it to us in three weeks from now, tell us it'd be easy. If we get it on the schedule, no problem. Um, but the planning is still uh, a challenging aspect for most people, it seems like. And um, we've been so busy. Usually I try to plan for our customers and our repetitive ones. I try to reach out and figure out what their upcoming schedule is going to be. Um, we've been busy. I've been probably not doing a good job of that. And also it, it's just because of all of the shortages, whether it's labor or supply, no, nobody really knows. So it's like, they can tell you when they're supposed to have it done, but they're, they're waiting for this piece and that piece, uh-huh. know when it's going to get to you. And, but, you know, so but yeah, you're right. Once it gets to us, we're the last ones in line and we never have enough time, but we still have to make sure it looks good. So we're just trying to be overly prepared. Um, and our biggest downfall right now is we just need, we need a few more people on our team so we can deliver in the, you know, at midnight when we have to get it done, we have enough people to accomplish it. So. Yeah. Um, those gates that you saw just now getting yeah. into the oven there is for one of the billionaires that has just moved to Hawaii because um, there seems to be more and more. Well, that that sounds like a good customer to have. Well, we're helping out. We're not the lead on it, but we're certainly helping them finish the yeah. job. Um, and, um, you know, all I know is we found out about the job on Sunday and it's like, it's just, they're literally chartering flights to get it here, you know, kind of thing, just to yeah. get it done. And they're paying expedition expedition fee expedite fees. They're paying extra fees for shipping. They're paying extra fees for shipping powder. They're, you know, I mean, all of the, but the thing is, is billionaires can afford it. Yeah. <laughs> because they, inflation is good for them right hyperinflation is good for them it just makes their stuff grow um and so they don't mind paying all those fees uh we uh i kind of let me share my screen because i want to talk about this concept and i don't know how to feel about it, but i just want to share it with the audience um 
And for those listening in, I, I will explain, I'll, I'll read it. Uh, of course, I'm a fan of George Gammon on YouTube. If, if you are interested in economics and, and maybe explaining sometimes what the Fed does or what some of these larger um, central banks do for a living <laughs> um, and how they affect our lives, um, I do like him because he tends to explain it on the background that you don't see. You know, you see Janet Yellen and you see all these, you know, Powell and all these people talking, but what does it mean, right? Or the you know, the interest rates going up or down and what does it mean for the average American, right? But um, um, this is kind of almost about 10 minutes into this latest one, but um, he's talking about hyperinflation versus deflation. Um, it, it, it was a very interesting segment, um, but he brings up this guy who was living, who was a, a an, in, an industrial industrialist. So let's just say an equivalent to a billionaire um, uh, uh, that we know today. And uh, he had a huge empire in, in industry in Germany during the Weimar Republic uh, in the 20s. And he basically justified inflation as a means of guaranteeing full employment. I'm not sure that relates to your, <laughs> that doesn't necessarily solve your problems, um, Jace, but I found it kind of interesting that he was actually saying it was a good thing. Um, and the reason for it is because it's something desirable uh, as the course of a course open to a benevolent government. And, you know, the Weimar Republic, you know, uh, they were just printing money beyond, beyond, beyond. Um, and their dollars, you know, were in, people were picking up the marks and throwing them into uh, the classic, burning them in the stove because they were worth more heating up the house or carrying them to the store for a loaf of bread in a, uh, in a, you know, a bucket or a container, you know, like some kind of a, a truck of something, you know, just to buy groceries. Um, but I, I found it kind of interesting. I, I think, you, you, you know, obviously there's a lot to discuss here in his video, but um, I really, it kind of shocked me. I never thought of it that way. And they, they thought that he was very bold to say that, you know, it's not a nice thing to say about humanity or about what they're doing in manipulating people. But it, it seemed like it works. It may not be the same now today with our economy, but I found that that was very provocative thing to say back then, you know. Yeah, I don't, yeah. obviously, uh, there's inflation going on because the price for everything is going up. Um, but, yeah, I wish that it was driving uh, our employment up a little bit because, yeah, we're definitely still struck struggling to find people well, that and i think that because of this covid thing I, I think and i noticed this when we had the great recession is a lot of people just left the workforce and they never came back yeah whether they just took early retirement or they just decided to stay home and be a mom or 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 who knows or they got disability or whatever um I noticed that then, and I'm noticing it now again, this is a different circumstance. Obviously we all stayed home or tried to stay home or whatever. Uh, and then now these people that have stayed home are continuing to stay home and not go back to work. So it's like, there's even less people in the workforce is I guess what he means to say in that, um, it's just like we're taking people out of the economy or out of the workforce because they're not coming back. They're still at home. They're living off of the STEMI checks or their unemployment checks. They've just been hanging on to it and they're checking accounts and living off until they need to. Um, that's not for everyone or every state or every county, but I found that kind of interesting. Of course, I walked into Home Depot yesterday uh, and the whole place was hopping. Um, and it was just, it was nuts in there. Lots of people in the pro, lots of people self-checkout. It wasn't just the typical homeowner gout lollygagging around for a plant or, you know, picking up some cleaner or something like that. It was like 
the boys was in there, you know what I mean? And picking up their stuff. So I think there's just less people in the workforce. Yeah. Um, I actually just thought of something while you're, when you said that, uh, um, like some people aren't coming back to the workforce or, but another thing that I hadn't really thought about till now is like when COVID kind of happened and all the subsequent things that have happened after that it was a pretty big shakeup, but it also actually added, um, some new job types actually that didn't exist before, at least in our area, like you can pretty much order anything from anywhere and have it delivered to your door now that didn't used to exist. Mm. And it's very easy to get that accomplished very quickly. So there's a lot of people that used to work somewhere else that are now doing those delivery services. Um, and then when everybody is forced to work from home for a while, I mean, it was probably, they've probably gotten other better jobs working from home now. Um, so that's something that I hadn't really thought about that some of it is probably still in the workforce. It's just um, COVID has probably accelerated a little bit of some job changing more like, you know, like so much happens on the internet now. And so there's, that was kind of a trend anyway, but I think it accelerated it because everybody is ordering, you know, off the internet now, at least for like myself, like I would, I used to like, I would go to Home Depot. I would go into Menards. I would go into Lowe's and be buying parts to fix things or rig something up or so we can hang a new project that came in. And now I just default to, I just order, I, I might order it from there, but I, I pick their delivery and then they deliver it to us, you know? So. Right. I think you're right about that for sure. 100%. I mean, my, my buying habits have changed just personally, you know, yeah. too. Um, if I can avoid going to Target or Safeway, I just do the app thing. And, and I, and I, I think that that's kind of the interesting thing about it is that um, if I am, I, I can't believe like Safeway has this wonderful service where I can right. uh, I just drive up and somebody picked all that stuff. And this girl, like if they were out of something, she was like texting me, oh, could, do you want this one instead? I'm like, yeah. I'm not paying extra for this or maybe yeah. I'm just paying a minimal fee. Yeah. You know, like that's totally worth it. So yeah, you're right. We're so busy in our lives that it's actually creating a whole new industry of helpers, right? Yeah. Um, and I guess, you know, shopping for someone with a checkout list and all you got to do is go through the aisle and take it off or whatever. If that's, if that's an easy enough job to do. I mean, no stress other than just trying to get it done in time, but yeah, um, yeah I it's kind of interesting. Uh, I, I'm also amazed at, how fast Amazon is getting stuff here to me. It almost seems like it's overnight now. Um, and we don't even have our distribution center open yet. They Bezos just bought a huge plot of land on Oahu that he's going to finally get this distribution center that he's always wanted in Hawaii um, here, probably because he moved here um, or he's going to here be here part-time now um, on Maui. And um you know, he can't be left without his, you know, um, Alexa, <laughs> um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see how fast stuff gets out. Even now, once they get that distribution center open, uh, and, you know, very quick because most of us can be right there. So, right. But it's quick enough already. I mean, just if you order an Amazon basic thing, brand or whatever it's it seems like it's already here so maybe they already have a distribution here um some basic items like maybe toilet paper or whatever kleenex or whatever. so does everything mostly come in air freight to you guys then uh yeah exactly or by boat um okay. you know how does how is all of the um and i don't know enough about it you probably know more just because geographically you're closer but there's a lot of issues i think like the California coast where, you know, there's a lot of ships sitting out there. Is that like back no. onto you guys or not? We haven't. It's interesting. I don't think we've suffered as much as you guys have, um, okay. or at least California is. Um, and I asked this question yesterday to my next door neighbor who sells golf courts and he buys them from China. They're cheapy golf carts. He, I don't get his business model, um, at, but I'm probably not his buyer either. 
but he sells these things for 10, 15, $20,000. Um, he's a hyperinflationist. So I'm just going to say that right off because he is hoarding like crazy. He's buying all the tires, all the batteries, which are lithium. He's one of the largest lithium suppliers in Hawaii. Um, so a lot of people, Tesla people call him too. And he is just, he, he's in it. He just expanded the whole warehouse next to us. He's just huge. I, I don't know how he's paying it for it now, because if he's planning on hyperinflation and the inability to get goods, uh, he may just be the winner here. You know, um, I don't know how it will work out for him, but I, he does get his stuff shipped. Now, he bought two containers worth of these uh, golf carts, and they are sitting out somewhere stuck in Taiwan okay. um, because of the California thing happening. It is backing up on some other levels. Okay. But, but a lot of stuff does get directly shipped here first. Before so it comes it from right into your guys is like port then basically and it just by yeah we don't get a lot but like it doesn't have to go through california and and then turn around and ship out again that that wouldn't make sense at all right yeah at the same time i don't think we get too much china stuff if it's walmart that's shipping stuff it's shipping out of california to hawaii that is i know for sure but interestingly enough if it is if bezos is planning and uh, apparently this building is massive like hundreds of thousands of square feet uh they have to build it um but uh that could be a way for him to kind of mitigate um other things you know with the california debacle maybe yeah. that's an, another way for him to kind of uh mitigate that um problem and make Honolulu more of a Pacific distribution yeah. space. Yeah. You know, we talked about that in the last podcast that I just did um, with a good buddy of mine, Ian, who is the, um, he is a welder who specializes in um, ship building and repair in specifically around Pearl Harbor. I mean, there's lots of shipbuilding going on. Um, but his goal is to, um, his big global goal is to make Hawaii a shipping region, like shipbuilding, like building big ships here. Uh, and will be it, it'll be interesting if he can attain that goal. It's a, it's a fairly large one, but I, I just love that ability or ambition that he has because that means he sees potential i mean we've got guam out there and we've got you know uh but we'll be interesting to see of course it also plays into the whole hawaiian navigator story you know that the hawaiians were you know world or pacific wide travelers right they weren't just going from point a to point b they went all over the pacific um and even to the uh american west you know um, and South America. So uh, kind of interesting. Um, I hope he makes his goal. It's going to be a big one, but he's got enough energy to do it. Um, so if you haven't listened to that podcast, please do, because he's so inspirational to talk to and listen to um, and stuff. So, uh, well, that's awesome. I loved talking to you today. I think we covered it all. Did you want to cover, should we, have we, have we talked about a lot? We did talk about a lot. I can't really think of anything else. Yeah, well, it's good to know that you guys are doing really well and continuing to grow. Um, if you need a job, call Jace. <laughs> Please. <laughs> you could also put an ad up on the Powder Coating Near Me website. Um, so just send me your ad that you have on, um, you know, your your uh, job link ad or whatever description. Um, and I'll put it up. I have to do it myself. You can't make it you know you can't post gotcha. it yourself but yeah. if you send me the link to the indeed or whatever uh i'll just copy and paste the text and put it up and um i've done it for a few coders we have a few of them up there that are looking for jobs and still posting and stuff like that so yeah maybe that you know uh that website's doing really well it's growing it has 150 uh top page in google links uh, okay 
stuff like that. So a lot of coders are getting links, uh, clicks to, to jobs from there. And um, I hope to do an update on that soon too as well. But anyways, it's always great to have you, Jace. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's nice talking to you. All right. Aloha.